Christmas is all about God coming to a restless world filled with restless, peaceless people to bring them rest. This message is the first in the series, Prince of Peace. The message is entitled, Give Your Life to God. Here is Pastor Dale O'Shields. Grab your Bibles, if you will, and let's turn our attention to a new series of messages for the Christmas season. I want to talk to you for the next uh, several weeks, actually through Christmas weekend, about Jesus being our Prince of Peace. I want to talk to you about how to experience rest in your restless world. How do you experience rest in your restless world? The world that we live in really is, if you'll think about it, actually a very restless place. And I was taken by that word recently, restlessness. So I took some time to actually look up the word and to get some perspective of what the word means. And so in the thesaurus and the the dictionary, if you will, that provides us synonyms, let me give you some of the meanings or other terms for restless. Uneasy, edgy, tense, nervous, agitated, a bundle of nerves, troubled, unpeaceful, unquiet, unruly, unsettled, worried. To be restless means that there's something missing in the core of your being. There's something missing on the inside that causes you to sort of wonder about life, to be unfocused about your life, and to be anxious about life, even though you may not be able to exactly identify what you're anxious about. It's just sort of this this restlessness. You can't always pinpoint what's causing it, but yet it really causes trouble for us inside our being. And Christmas is all about God coming into our world that's a place filled with restlessness, a place filled with a lack of peace to bring rest and peace to us. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6, we find a prophecy that, Je- that speaks of Jesus coming over 700 years before Christ was born. And I want you to listen to this prophetic utterance by the prophet Isaiah as he looked into history seven centuries ahead and he saw what God was going to do in the coming of Jesus. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and what's the next phrase there? Say it with me, Prince of Peace. I want you to notice that one of the names given to Jesus in His coming, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and once again together, Prince of Peace. What what is a prince? A prince is a ruler. A prince is an executor of their father's rule and their father's kingdom. A prince really is the one that comes on behalf of the father being sent and somewhat of an ambassador, but far more than an ambassador, with real authority to do something. And so the Bible says of Jesus that when he came into our world, he came from heaven to earth to execute the rule and the benefits of the kingdom of God. And part of that beneficial dimension of God's kingdom is that you and I might be able to experience peace. He came as the prince of peace. That's why when the shepherds were gathering outside of Bethlehem watching their flocks and the angels appeared to them and that first Christmas, we see the story in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. Listen to what happens here in this context. And there were shepherds living out in their fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Notice fear, anxiety, worry. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. 
I bring you the good news or good news that will cause great joy for all the people today. In the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, would you read together with me verse number 14 aloud and loudly. Here we go. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Jesus came to bring us the possibility of actually, in real life, experiencing something called peace. Supernatural, divine, heaven-sent peace. It's something that's not just a theoretical thing. It's not something that's just sort of an ideal, a fable, a myth. No, Jesus came into the world as the Prince of Peace so that you and I can actually have this thing called peace in the midst of our restlessness. So let's talk about what peace is. What was Jesus describing here? Or what is the angels described related to the coming of Christ? What was the prophet Isaiah speaking of as Jesus as the Prince of Peace? Well, peace is the absence of of conflict, the absence of tension, the absence of stress, the absence of worry and fear. Actually, the meaning of the word peace in the Bible means to be completely whole. That you're in right relationships with people around you, you're in right relationship with God, and you have a settledness in your soul. You realize that there is a victory for your life that has been won by Almighty God. The actual Old Testament word for it is shalom. Say it with me, shalom. So as the Old Testament men and women of God would speak of the peace of God, they were talking about the shalom of God, which means the absolute rest of God deep down in your being, that you are at rest and that you are at peace. So Jesus came to bring you rest and peace. Isn't it wonderful to know? In the midst of a restless world, when everybody's worried and uptight and upset and in conflict with one another and fighting about this and fighting about that and finding tension all around them, Jesus said, that's not my will for you. My will for you is I want to bring you into an experience called supernatural divine shalom, supernatural divine peace. God wants you to be at rest and God wants you to be at peace. Now, experiencing the peace of God Jesus came to provide it, but you and I have to do something to actually experience it. It's not a unilateral thing. God offers something to you and me in Jesus Christ, but we have to make the choice of actually receiving it. That's what Paul was speaking of in Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, when he gave these words of instruction. He said, let the peace of Christ rule. That is, the peace has been offered to you, but you and I have to make the choice to let it rule in your heart since as members of one body you are called to peace and be thankful. So Paul says, although Christ came to bring peace, you and I have a part to play in this. We have a responsibility. We have to learn to let the peace rule us. See, I won't tell you that in your life, day in and day out, either fear and worry and anxiety and restlessness will rule you or peace will rule you and the choice really is yours. Peace is available but you must let it rule in your heart. So the question becomes, how do we let the peace of God rule us? How do you and I actually experience what Jesus came to offer to you and me? How does it become very real in your life? 
How does it become real in your family? How does it become real in the other relationships of your life? How do you live in the peace of God? And I want to talk this evening about three things that will help you and I to begin to step in to the peace of God so that we can let God's peace rule in our hearts. Number one, you must connect to the source of peace if you're going to have peace. St. Augustine over 1,700 years ago, made a very astute observation, a very powerful statement. In fact, it's a prayer that he prayed. Perhaps you've heard it before. He prayed these words to God. You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. St. Augustine said the only way we will ever find rest, God, is to find it in you. So if you're going to experience rest and peace in your life, you have to connect to the source. I want to take you to an Old Testament story that points out a man by the name of Gideon who actually experienced this in his own heart and life, how he stepped into the peace of God by being connected to the source of peace, the fountainhead of peace, God himself. During the time of Gideon, Gideon lived in the time of the judges. And during the time of judges, I'll tell you a little bit about the story, the history that's going on there. And then we'll look at a part of this story here in just a morning, moment in Judges chapter 6. But what I want you to note is the history, the environment, because Gideon lived in a very restless age. It was a very tough time when Gideon was living because the Bible says during that time Israel didn't have any king and so everybody was doing their own thing and, and Israel was oftentimes walking away from God and because they would walk away from God they got themselves in trouble and enemies would come and, and plunder them and this was the case during Gideon's life. The Midianites who were enemies of Israel were continually coming after Israel. Every time Israel would plant crops and grow a nice harvest the Midianites would come in and ravage the land and see all the food away and intimidate the people very severely and so Gideon was living in this kind of environment an environment of real restlessness and tension and conflict and worry and fear all around him and during this time not only did Gideon face it he faced it for his family and the entire nation of Israel often faced the, the, the threat even of starvation because of the terrible attacks of the Midianites coming against them but they begin to cry out to God for help. How do you know that trouble will get your attention sometimes, right? And so now here they are in this situation. And so Israel begins to cry out to God for help. God, help us. God, deliver us from the Midianites. And in the midst of all this mess, in the midst of this restlessness, God called a man by the name of Gideon to step in and make a difference. Let's look at his story in Judges chapter 6, verse, starting in verse 11. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash of the clan of Abiezer. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a winepress to hide the grain from the Midianites. So you've got to see, he's living in fear, he's living in anxiety, he's trying to hide the little bit that he has so the Midianites cannot steal it from him. Now here he is, he's back in his cave, he's got a little bit of grain there, notice what happens. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. It seems a little strange, doesn't it? You've got a guy back in a cave hiding out of fear and God sees him very differently. He says, I'm calling you to a different kind of life. I'm calling you out of your fear into a heroic kind of life. Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Us. Have you ever asked a question like that to God? God, if you're with me, why, why am I going through what I'm going through? 
And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites? Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But Lord, Gideon replied, How can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. Then the Lord said, or the Lord said to him, I will be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. Now I want you to see here in this story that here is Gideon, a fearful man, intimidated, restless. He has no peace in his life. The entire nation has no peace at this moment. But God shows up in Gideon's world and he begins to speak to his life purpose in the midst of restlessness. And Gideon begins to sense and know that there's more for his life. There's something that needs to happen here that he's not living according to God's plan for his life. That God's plan was peace. He was living in fear. I want you to know today that if you're living in worry and fear, if you're living the kind of life that Gideon was, sort of hiding your life back in a cave and worrying about what's happening with life, what's happening in the world around you, if you are, if you are tormented by fear and worry and anxiety and conflict and all these things, I want you to know that there's a better way to live. Amen? God did not want Gideon living this way. He said, there's a better way for you to live. I'm going to give you power to do something about your environment. So many times in our, in our world situation, in our life situations, we, we kind of buy into the powerless mindset. There's nothing that we can do, but God shows up on the, on the scene and says, there's something that you can do. I'm going to work in and through you. I'm going to intervene. And so Gideon's trying to wrap his mind around this. You can almost see the struggle that he's going through. How? I'm not even, I'm the least of the least of my tribe. How could you ever use me to drive the Midianites out? And so he's trying to get a perspective on this. And ultimately what happens is he actually offers a sacrifice to God. In the offering of this sacrifice, Gideon has an experience with God that changed everything for him. Notice what happens now in verse 24. Everybody tracking with me so far? Look at verse 24. So now you, you got the picture. Gideon struggling with all this, trying to wrap his mind around what God just told him through the angel. And he says, the best thing I can do now that I'm having an encounter with God, maybe I should offer a sacrifice. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there. And what did he call it? The Lord is peace. He said, I'm learning something about God. In my restless, anxious world, I'm learning that God is peace. And that day, Gideon did something. That day, Gideon gave his life to God. He committed his life to God. He discovered who God was, and he realized that he could find peace in the midst of a troubled environment. He was and, and what was revealed to Gideon was the name of God that is such a precious name, Jehovah Shalom. There that day, Gideon said, God, I've learned something about you. You are the God of peace. The first thing I want to say to us tonight, if we're going to have peace in the midst of a restless world, whatever your restless world is, you have to connect to the source. You can't get something unless you go to the one that has it. If you need water, you need a water fountain that works, Right? If you need food, you've got to have a source that's going to provide. If you need peace, there has to be a source that can provide it for you. And Jesus Christ is that source. As surely as God was the Jehovah Shalom and is the Jehovah Shalom today and was for Gideon in that moment, Jesus is that Jehovah Shalom for you. But you have to connect to him. You can't 
You cannot find it without connecting to him. The second thing I want you to note tonight, if you're going to experience the peace of God in the midst of your restless world, you have to hear Jesus' promise of peace. Nothing, 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 and no one can ever provide for you what Jesus can provide for you. I need to make that very clear because in our, even as believers sometimes we try to fill up our lives with things that we hope will satisfy us. But you must understand that nothing and no one can meet the needs in your life that only God can meet. And that's why a lot of people live restless lives. They're looking for people to meet needs that only God can meet. It can happen in the realm of love. Many times people are wanting people to love them and people will never love you perfectly. Only God can love you perfectly. And many times we look to the world and people around us to provide peace for us. If my circumstances were just better than they are right now, I would have peace. If this problem would be solved, I would have peace. But the problem is, when that problem is solved, there's always another one, right? Because life consists of problems and challenges. And so we tend to look at the external, but God says, no, look at the internal and realize that I have given you a promise that peace is found in me. Romans chapter 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Paul says that we have peace with God by putting our faith in Jesus Christ. John chapter 14 verse 6 Jesus himself said I am the way and the truth and the life no one comes to the Father except by me he says if you want to experience the peace of God the way you do so is through me Jesus came to give you real peace John 14 27 peace I leave with you my peace I give you I do not give to you as the world gives do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid did you hear that last sentence that I just read that Jesus spoke do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid and here's what you must understand if Jesus came as the Prince of Peace he came to bring us God's kingdom, right? A prince is a representative of a kingdom, correct? Are you with me here? Very important stuff. And so Jesus came as the prince of peace sent by the Father with the full authority of the Father to bring and execute the kingdom of God on earth so that anyone that will follow him can experience the blessings and benefits of heaven. Jesus is about heaven coming into earth. So that when you and I put our faith in Jesus and really sincerely and deeply put our faith in Jesus, we're connected to the source of peace. And there is a promise that Jesus gives. Jesus said, if you're in me, you will experience peace. Now, outside of me, there will not be any peace, but in me, there is peace. You know that you can be a follower of Jesus, but not walking in relationship with him and the full dimension of that. And you can still be a believer in Christ, but wrapped up with worry and anxiety and tension and conflict that only goes away when you actually step in begin to live in Jesus because in Jesus is where the peace is. he is Jehovah Shalom so you have to step into the promise that he gives you of that peace now I want to take you to Matthew chapter 11 I want you to hear these words of Jesus very powerful because here's the promise that Jesus gives to us very personally 
Why don't we read this together? We'll, then we'll break it apart just in a few moments here. Come to me. Here we go. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus said, this is the way you do it. He said, I'm the source. I'm Jehovah Shalom. I am the way. I'm the Prince of Peace that leads you into the Father's peace. Now, here is the promise. What I want you to take away with you tonight is really an understanding that God gave you an incredible promise for your life. As a follower of Jesus Christ, in the midst of a world that is filled with all kind of trouble and all kind of tension and all kind of conflict and all kind of restlessness, we need to live above and beyond that, amen? We don't want to be like the world, correct? We don't want to live like the world lives. We don't have to live like the world lives because we have a promise that's been given to us by Jesus. Now, here's that promise. Listen to it again. I'm going to read it for you one more time. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, as all of you who are stressed out, all of you who have tension and anxiety and worries about your life or about your family or about your future, whatever it may be, whatever is burdening you, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and here is the promise. What did Jesus say he would do? I will give you rest. Do you believe that Jesus means what he says? Is this just some kind of fictionary term in the Scripture, or is this real for us? Can this be real in your life? Jesus would never have promised this if it were not something that He wants you and I to experience. He says, if you'll come to me, I will give you rest. And He gives us the outline for it. We'll look at it in a moment. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will, as a promise again, not you might, it is you will. If you follow these steps, you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So it starts with a promise. Jesus has a promise for you tonight and I want this promise to find a deep seated connection in your soul and the promise that Jesus has for you is I will give you rest why don't you turn to that friend beside you and remind them Jesus promises you rest go and tell them Jesus promises you rest I want this to get deep into your heart because the, the rest of what I'm going to share with you will not make any sense to you or be beneficial to you at all unless you really believe that Jesus wants you to be at rest. Do you believe that? Jesus does not want you stressed out. He doesn't want you worried. He doesn't want you living in conflict and fear and all these. That's not God's plan for your life. It was not God's plan for Gideon, was it? Not God's plan for your life. And so there's a promise here. So let's go to the third thing. I want to spend the rest of my time on this evening. That's the third step in the process. You must, you must follow Jesus' peace plan. There's a promise of peace, but there's also a peace plan. Anytime there's conflict or tension between groups of people, especially nations, if there's going to be a resolution to that conflict, there has to be a plan, Right? How are, we going to get, how are we going to work out these differences and how are we going to have a plan for peace? Well, Jesus gave us a peace plan. He says, connect to the source, receive my promise, then follow my plan. So connect to the source, that's Jesus. If you've never given your life to Jesus, that's where you start. Believe his promise, and then you also have to follow his plan. So what is the plan? Come to me, 
All who are weary and heavy laden or burdened, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly or gentle in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There's a five-point plan that I want to talk to you about. If you want, how many of you want to experience and live in the peace of God? You want to? You got to do these five things, okay? You'll never get it without these five things. Why don't you read them together with me? Number one, admit your need for peace. Let me ask you right now, be honest with your own life. How easily disturbed are you? When things come your way, how quickly do you get upset about a little piece of bad news that you're dealing with? How easily disturbed are you? How, how much internal stress or conflict do you have going on inside your life? And how much external conflict do you have in your life right now? How restless are you? Are you really at peace or are you struggling like many of us are with some, some tensions and some burdens and some, some things in your life that are, that are stressing you out and causing you to be wearied and burdened by them? You have to come to the point of acknowledging because Jesus said, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. You will never reach out for rest until you realize you're stressed, okay? Right? And a lot of times in our world today, we haven't even stopped long enough to realize how stressed we are. You ever stopped for a moment and thought about, wow, what am I worrying about? What, what's really causing my life to be uh, in turmoil? What, what's causing conflict in my life? When was the last time you did an evaluation to admit where your stressful points are? What is stressing you out right now? If I gave you a sheet of paper and said, write down the top five things that you're stressed about, would you put anything on the paper? Absolutely, most of you would. Some of you would be asking for extra paper. And Jesus said, I, I can't deal with stuff in your life until you come and honestly say, you know what, God, I'm stressed out. Can you just say to God tonight, I just want you to know, God, I'm stressed out. I got some stress going on in my life. You don't need to raise your hand on this. But if I were to ask for a show of hands right now, how many would raise your hand and say, you know, I've got some things that are stressing me out right now. There's some things that are burdening me. So things that are really weighing down on me that I know is causing conflict and turmoil inside of me. Well, the good news is you can't have a miracle without a problem. You can't have a breakthrough without acknowledging where you need the breakthrough. And so it all starts with acknowledging where am I stressed? What's stressing you right now? Do you know your need? Do you know what's pre pressing upon your life? Number two, very simple. But Jesus is always simple, isn't he? It's one of the things I love about Jesus He's so simple in his presentation that, that even a child can understand him. So he says, admit your need, all your weary and heavy laden, come to me. And there is the invitation. The invitation is come. So Jesus, in the midst of your stress, is sending you an invitation tonight. The invitation is, I want you to come to me, okay? And that's the third point. You and I have to come to Jesus. And what that means is simply this. You've got to start taking some steps in his direction. To come, if I were to call you to come up to this platform, it would mean that you would have to rise up and you would have to energize yourself. You would have to motivate yourself to get up from your seat and to take steps in another direction. The same is true for Jesus. When the scripture says that, or when Jesus said that we're to come to him, it means that whatever you're in right now and the funk that you're in and the stress that you're in and the turmoil that you're facing, the conflict, maybe in a marriage, in a situation that you're fighting in a relationship, Whatever it might be to say, in the midst of this, I hear a voice. 
The voice that I hear in the midst of all this stuff going on is the voice of Jesus saying, come, 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 come to me. What I want to happen this evening is the voice of Jesus to be louder than the voice of your stress. I want the voice of Jesus to to drive out and to overwhelm the voice of your stress so that tonight you'll hear Jesus saying, come. But there'll be even more than that. You'll actually say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to respond to your invitation. I am going to come. I'm going to shake myself from whatever I'm in and say, Jesus, I'm walking in your direction. What does that mean? For some of you, it might mean that you need to rededicate your life to God. Maybe you've drifted away from him. Maybe you're you're just not walking with him like you used to. For some of you, it might be giving your life to Jesus for the very first time. You've never really turned your life over to Christ. I don't know what it means for you to come to Jesus, but there's something. There's some, for some of you, it might be starting a prayer life. Maybe you haven't been praying recently. Maybe you've never developed a real prayer life with Jesus. Maybe you've never uh, practiced the reading of the Bible or doing something devotional in your life daily that will feed your, and nourish your spirit. I don't know what your come is, but there's some action point that Jesus... Jesus can make clear to you tonight that says, in the midst of all this stress, that's not the way I want you to live. There's an invitation, hear my voice, come, and then begin to take action steps. That leads me to the fourth thing that you'll see here. Give up your plans and trust Jesus' plans. Jesus said, take my yoke. Does anyone know what a yoke is? It's not, a, it's not the center part of an egg that I'm referring to here, okay? That's not what Jesus was talking about. He was talking about the agricultural environment where you would take two animals, two oxen, and put them together in a yoke, and they would pull a plow together. And usually the way that would work is that they would put a a, a seasoned ox, an older seasoned ox, that would lead the way, and a younger ox was being trained beside them so that the, the big ox did all the work, and the young ox was in the learning mode. He said, come and take my yoke. Here's the problem with us. The problem with us, we want peace, but we also want control. Right? I want peace, but I still want to be in control. And we think that our control is the pathway to real peace. Actually, in reality, the pathway to real peace is by giving up your control. Because actually, control is a, is, is a myth anyway. I mean, you notice that you, you, you've tried to control lots of things in your life. I mean, you've been real successful with that, okay? Most of us have not been very successful, but we try and try to control. And Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. That is, let me take the lead here. Let me take the lead. We can't have two leads in this. I'm, either I'm going to be the lead or you're going to be the lead. So take my yoke upon you. Let me be the lead. Think about it as an automobile. How weird would it be if you had an automobile with two steering wheels, right? And two drivers, right? I would not want to ride with that, that person, those, those individuals, would you? Because one's going this way, the other's going that way, and you never know which direction you're going to go, and there's a pull between the two. And so Jesus said, what you've got to do is give up your plan. Here's the most beautiful way to live your life is to come to Jesus and say, Jesus, I don't really care what my life is as long as I'm in your will. Amen? It really doesn't matter. I don't have a will. I only want what you will for my life. When you get to the place that you don't have to have what you want and you only want what God wants, that is peace. Come on, church. That's peace right there, okay? 
Because you're no longer having to press and make things happen and, sh and fashion things the way you want them to be and manipulate this and control that because you're in that place of saying, Jesus, I believe you're bigger than all of that and so I can trust in you. And so I've heard, I, in the midst of my stress, I realize I'm stressed, so I'm hearing your voice. It's louder than my stress right now. I'm going to start taking some action and I'm going to let you be the lead in my life. I'm going to begin to, 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 to take my hands off and to put confidence and trust and control, let you take control. Number five, then to grow as a committed follower of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, take up my yoke and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. You'll find rest for your souls. Learn. The more you learn about Jesus and the more you learn about his ways, the more rest you'll have in your life. That's why being a follower of Jesus is such an incredible thing, because the more you learn to follow him and let him bear the yoke, and you simply learn from him, the more peace you're going to have in your life. Christmas, as we're beginning this series together, we're going to take a look at all the elements of peace, the kind of things that keep us from it. But tonight, the beginning point is this. If you want peace in your life, you've got to connect to the source. You've got to hear the promise in the midst of all your stress. And you've got to take the steps in Jesus' direction. Come, Jesus said, and I will give you rest. Let's bow our heads together in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word this evening. We're so grateful that you're speaking to us. Lord, many of us would have to acknowledge tonight that we have, we have some stress in our life, Lord. We have some places where we're worried, we're anxious, we're restless. Lord, for some of us, there are strong conflictual areas in our life. Maybe marriages are being stressed out by conflict and friendships are being stressed and family relationships that are extended that are being stressed out, that are restless. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that tonight in the midst of all this, that you would help us to make the decision to first and foremost hear the promise that you have for us, that we don't have to live this way. Even as Gideon received that promise in the midst of his restless world that changed his life, I pray that we would hear that promise in the midst of our stress-filled world and say, God, we don't have to live that way any longer. And I pray that you'd help us to take the steps. Help us to come to you. Lord, I don't know what that means for any person here tonight. But you know exactly what, that, what, what is necessary. The necessary steps that need to be taken. Lord, show us, help us to take our steps toward you. To learn from you. To give up control to you. And to experience the peace that only you can bring. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us for today's message. I trust that you've heard something from God's Word that'll make a difference in your life now and forever. Maybe as you were listening to today's message, God began to speak to you about a personal relationship with Himself. You know, the most important thing we can ever establish in our life is a relationship with God, and we do that by opening our hearts and lives to Jesus Christ. If you've never invited Jesus into your life, today is your day. It's your opportunity. I want to lead you in a prayer right now that you can pray that will forever change your life, that will allow your name to be written in the book of life for eternity. All you need to do is simply pray this prayer with me and mean it in your heart. If you'll mean this prayer, God will hear you. The Bible says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So would you pray with me right now? Whisper these words to God or speak them out right where you are. Say, Jesus, just mention his name. Say, Jesus, I admit to you today that, that I am a sinner and I'm sorry, God, for everything I've done wrong. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you are God's Son, the Savior. 
the Redeemer. I thank you that you died on the cross for me and that you rose again. I believe in you, Jesus. And then whisper this prayer. Say, Lord, today I invite you to come into my life, to forgive me of my sins, to give me a brand new start in you. I give my life to you today in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for those that prayed that prayer with me and I ask that now they would continue to grow in you and serve you faithfully from this day forward in Jesus' name. If you just prayed that prayer with me, friend, I want you to know that Jesus Christ heard you, that your name has been written in that wonderful book of life, and that now today you start a brand new life in Christ. And to do so, you need some help. You need to learn how to live your life for Jesus every day. We'd like to provide for you. In fact, we have available for you some resources that you can get from our website, church-redeemer.org, that will help you to get a good start in your relationship with Jesus Christ. So again, check out the website, church-redeemer.org. Find those resources that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. If you've prayed with the pastor today and made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we have some resources for you on our website. Just go to www.church-redeemer.org slash newbeginnings. We pray that this message was a blessing to you.